Welcome to Invasion of Privacy. I'm Kate Wolf, and today I have three returning guests, although they've never been on all together. I've got C.G. Erickson's back. Hey, folks. How you doing? <laughs> Zach Campos here. Hello. And Ted Costa. Sup, sup, good timers. Oh, oh, hey. Uh, <laughs> he brought a lot more energy than us. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, and, and Ted has his Good Times coffee cup because he sells coffee so he did I, also I i'm coffee man coffee yeah. man number one you sell coffee like on the streets or like you have a yeah, cafe? Mo mostly streets no i'm just saying we, we don't need That's to talk best. about my coffee company although it's more of a coffee spiritual thing i realized i don't really care about the business thing of it even though you have to to keep it going that's why we care about the business aspect of it but really we're just having a good time like that's what it is. So, state. <laughs> but you started selling coffee on the streets, and then it became a business. It turned into a business. No, it was always legal. It was always oh, legal. <laughs> Pushing on the streets. Good Pushing on the corners. I can't say street coffee. It's that's my side job, and I don't talk about it on recorded video. So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I uh, wish you were some like illegal coffee smuggler. That would be hysterical. I know. Yeah, I got the connects from down south. <laughs> Never mind. Well, we'll we'll plug your company more at the end too. Oh, actually, I was just curious. I didn't even want to plug it. I was just curious about the spiritual experience. It's a coffee every morning, man. It's just you know that's why it's a spiritual experience. It's like one of those the things you do every day. They're probably the things that make up the most about you. It's pretty interesting. They could be very small things, but I, you know, considering the millions of people that drink coffee, I, I just happen to, I think, pay a lot of attention to it each and every day. Whereas I, I think a lot of us, we kind of, you know, you become autopilot about a lot of things. And uh, I think it gets it gets washed away. But I think it's such a small thing that we can enjoy each day. So anyways. Oh, yeah. That, you know. Along yeah, with real, like getting real. high other ways. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. If you're into that kind of shit. Hey, man, that's what coffee is, man. It's a little exactly. bit high, you know, it brings you up. And I love yeah. that. I love it, so. Yeah, Start putting uh, micro, micro doses of acid in your coffee yeah. in the morning. <laughs> I waiting. felt like that's what good times was at first. That was the feeling you were giving me at first. And I was like, yeah. what is this? Good times, I want to know more. We all <laughs> dropped acid before this podcast. Yeah, uh, I, I wish I would be worthless. I'll run out of here screaming, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good idea when you have shit to do, I don't think. <laughs> no, I'd be a hot mess on acid. Um, so oh, you'd okay. be the first one in the emergency room, Kate. Definitely pulling your hair out of your head. Yes, yeah, but we'd be with you. We'd be happy. <laughs> That'd be part of the trip. You'd be like, it's so this is, this is cool now. This is where we are. We're here. <laughs> the trip decided itself <laughs> so okay so before we had rec started recording i was trying to kind of explain to cg a little bit how we went through a spiritual school we're not going to go into the details of it but you <laughs> were saying siege that you wanted to maybe ask some questions or am i making it too formal now 
I mean, you definitely, you definitely killed my buzz a little bit with how formal you made it. But no, no. Um, I was just wondering where you hear of spiritual school because I never heard of one. I agree. When I was growing up, I heard of church or like yeah. all sorts of crazy different churches that they have, but I did not know about spiritual school thing until Kate told me she was, you know, had her master's in wizardry. Yes. <laughs> Well, now I feel like I am tripping because Ted just put a sloth around his, uh, you know, so That's, now I love he's that. My buddy. Okay. He's actually my buddy. So <laughs> I wish it was Anyways. a real sloth. Um, yeah, I guess I kind of, I do kind of feel like I have a master's in, in wizardry, but not just through yeah. the school, but like through just a lot of the people I've met in this spiritual community. But mm -hmm. um, I've tried to explain to CG about you guys. Ted and Zach, you know, yeah. you guys are like two of my closest friends from spiritual school in a sense, yeah. but it's hard to kind of explain because I feel like we're, we're on that spiritual path, but I think we're also, um, this is going to sound so corny, but like homies, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. We yeah. know how to get down where I don't know how to explain that without sounding like a total because because when you say, you know, the way you describe it to me, I picture like in the movie Zoolander when, when they all have like an orgy and there's like midgets there and they're like rubbing on each other. I picture like that kind of friends, like a experience <laughs> kind of friends. And I'm not, and this, that's why I have to ask the questions. I don't know. Exactly wow. what you're, you're thinking you're thinking like a. Uh, the Osho cult, the uh, the wild wild yeah, country. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, you're thinking you're, think, you're thinking spiritual cult, which um, <laughs> All right. I wish it was that cool. We can't blame um, you. You know, <laughs> you know, you know I wish outside, it was that exciting. Might, yeah, on the outside, it might. There's so much mystery and cloud around it, but the truth is, like like Kate said, I would call it like the family feel uh, between us. The homies is so true, and it's like, you know. It's like the family you choose or kind of just stumble across and here we are, do it, you know, become great friends. And so like for, for me personally, I don't know about how Kate, but like I just heard about it from Zach and I decided to do it. So it wasn't something, you know, you asked how you get into it. I, it's like I, I was already seeking or searching or whatever you want to call it for something. And it just showed up through my best friend, Zach. And that's how I got in, you know? Mm-hmm. That was it. So that takes me to, did Kate bring Zach in? Or was um, Zach already in it? How did Zach get in? Uh, secondhandly, yes. So it was originally through Tim, my buddy Tim, and Kate's ex. And then I was deciding, and I, I reached out to Kate for advice on whether to do it myself. So it was like my decision to do it was partially Kate's. Uh, you were highly well. coerced by Kate, is what highly you're coerced. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's like it was one of those like they don't do a ton of advertising. It's kind of just like word of mouth type of thing, you know. Yeah. And it kind of just somehow trickled down to us. Now you know? I know we're not talking about like exactly where it is or what it's called. Uh -huh. Is it like a beautiful? Is it like? Does it look like Hogwarts or is it is nah. it a beautiful? Setting? I wish. I wish. Nah. Or is it like in a, in <laughs> a strip mall? New York City, dude. It's in a goddamn hotel yeah. hotel conference room. Yeah, you know. But, That's not uh, that bad. I thought maybe like in a strip mall, like next to Arby's. I didn't know exactly. <laughs> but I like, no, no, that's that's good. And so it was a good experience for everybody. Yeah. So 
All right. I guess every, everyone can talk on their, for their own experience, but I could tell you four years of 20 odd, 28, maybe 26 different individuals in a room. And we're talking, yeah, it was a lame, you know, hotel conference room. But the contents of that room were these beautiful people you got to uh, become closer than close with. Like that was the room and to me. And so like you, you, all of a sudden multiplied family by like 28 people. And mm -hmm. uh, just this morning, every Sunday we do, it's open. You know, anyone who wants to join kind of thing from the school can hop on and do a meditation at 830 on Sundays. There's a few other times throughout the week my class is set up. And so I just saw, I think, seven of them this morning, and we're talking about whatever it might be. You know, there's continuations of, of conversation, kind of. There's people with uh, their mothers got dementia, someone's uncle died, someone. That, so, like, there's just always life happening, and we just have each other to uh, connect randomly, you know? It's awesome. And I, I can't, I think about that. I'm like, wow, who the poof? Who fucking has that, you know, just yeah, people I feel like up, I'd be up a to lot age 84 person. was on the call this morning, you know, like I got people of all sorts of backgrounds and and just amazing people to be there for you during your growth. You know, so, who did you say, Ted? Was on um, I, I just said someone's up to 84, you know, on gotcha. the call, eight, eight, eight years of age. And, uh, you know, where else am I connecting with? Well, actually, my next door neighbor is an 84 year old man who helps me run my household. He teaches me everything I know since I moved here. But like, <laughs> so well, he'd be pissed if you said, Where else would I know an 84 year old man? So I'm no, glad he that might didn't be happy. I never thought to connect the two, but I'm not going to. But, <laughs> but it, I know he's looking. <laughs> and typical, typical men. <laughs> he's getting dude. How do you feel, Zach? Yeah. So I'm grateful for my experience with it. That's that's what I wanted to tell you. You know, yeah, Zach, what, what do you think? Zach and I were in the same class, by the way. Ted yeah. makes it sound a lot better than Kate makes it sound. I want to hear from Zach. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> mine was all about true. the people. Mine was all about the people that I was in class with. Really, Gosh, that was that was mine. Yeah, I'll I'll say after Zach, but that's not exactly true, CG. Yeah, but. yeah. <laughs> I'm a yeah, well, okay. The. One of the main concepts that they're trying to get through to you on this path is that uh, one of the main elements of reality as we experience it as humans is it's relational. Everything's about your relationship to the world. And so one of the biggest parts about it is the relationship that you create with the people you're going through this process with. So it's a huge commitment to be like, I'm going to spend, you know, let's just say over $10,000 over the coast, coast, uh, course of four years and commit to going to New York City four times a year. It's a big commitment yeah. to do this very um, in-depth spiritual work uh, and dealing with emotional, mental, physical problems and challenges of what it is to be a human being. And it's this very intimate process that you go through with people from all different walks of life, all different ages, all different places in life. So just that experience in itself, going through that with like a group of people, like bonds you in a way that like, I don't think I've ever experienced with 
anyone like I have different bonds with people that I've gone through certain experiences with like you know the guys I played high school football with that created a specific bond the guys I did my college fraternity with a specific bond um but this in a way the vulnerability and intimacy it takes to go that with people is like an experience that I'll only be able to I'll never be able to relay that experience of relationship with a group of people like to anyone else like I can explain to you guys what it's like to be on my high school football team and the bond I like grew with those guys you know you'll never be able to know for sure like what it was like but like I, I can't come up with the words to describe um the bond I have with the class that I went through just because there's such a it's material that I have yet to fully grasp. Like it's, this is a continuing process. Like it's not just like, okay, you did it for four years and now you're graduating and it's done. It's just four years. is kind of like just like the starting point of like, here's the introduction to this uh, way to view the world and the way to view your life in relationship to everything else. And it's a continuing process. Um, so in that experience, there's a lot of things that you just have yet to put words onto. It's like, cause it kind of can't be intellectualized. It's a lived felt experience and it's organic and it's about meeting the moment exactly as you are, uh, and just experiencing life in the very moment, like in presence as best as you can. Uh, so that's, it's something that's hard to like, how do you describe the like undescribable to people? If that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me personally, I got to say that you guys sound a lot less crazy than I thought you were going to sound. <laughs> so this is great for me. Well, that's the oh, thing. Wow. Like, Thanks. Yes. No, <laughs> no, no, I'm being a jerk. I mean, um, I mean, uh, I'm just joking. It's just, uh, with Kate's, I get Kate's version of everything. So I'm not exactly sure what to expect. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> sound quite enlightened to me. I, mean, I told you they were enlightened. Okay, so let me. No, no, you did. You did. <laughs> in in your me... way. In your way. I did. So here's the thing, because there's two separate things here. My relationship with with Zach and Ted, um, and my relationship to the school, right, and the work. So I had a mixed experience, um, and I'm not going to go fully into it because I don't think it's right for me to do that, but. I will say that the knowledge and the ancient wisdom that I learned in the program is dead on. You know what I yeah. mean? It's ancient wisdom. It's been, I believe, in the ether um, for eons of time. You know, it's based on sacred geometry, the Kabbalistic tree of life, which is a symbol that I believe um, is just the flow of energy right it's it's states of consciousness is what the sephiro represent so i believe that the information taught is right on the money it's kind of hogwarts like in that sense um, but i did have a very individualized experience with some interpersonal stuff that um did not completely sit right with me you know what i mean and that's as far as i'll talk about it publicly um, but in terms of Zach and Ted, I've told you that they're great, incredible, enlightened people who are on the spiritual journey. And I think when someone's on the path of awakening and wanting truth, um, and, and they're, and they're 
heart's in the right place in terms of embodying and wanting to be an authentic person because authenticity to me is being who you really are, what you really are. It's not um, about looking a certain way, it's being about your truth. And CG, you to me are a completely embodied person who's on the path of awakening, even though you might not title it like that. Yeah, no, I've never heard that before, but I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you. Uh... No, I, I, I got to second that, Kate, about you, CG. You are a whole person. I love that. You know Thanks, what I mean? Man, I appreciate that. You don't need to be, Kate is right with all the words she's using and, and such, but you know what? We're just using this like one modality of what we learned to describe it. But truthfully, it's just, if you want to think about it in simple terms, almost, I, I try to make it simple. Cause that's, that's one of the problems about the school. Everything's so fucking convoluted, but you like, it's hard to say that we can't even tell you. It's hard to tell you what it is, you know? And I just like, but if you just want to think about it, simply put, it's, uh, it's really just about being who you are and authentic is what Kate said. And that's, that's, you know, I, to me, at least this is our first time meeting, man, I, I feel like I know you already. So it's really cool <laughs> to, uh, and maybe it's because I've heard Kate talk about you, but it's something about you. I, I, I believe that. It's not just what Kate said. So, I mean, you could you could easily grasp what we're talking about. We're not talking about high up shit that no one, like this is just for the, the people in the know. It's like, no, this is, in fact, I want everyone in the world to, to have a little bit of the knowledge that we have garnered from the school. You know, it would make a better world, really, in my opinion. Um, and I, I think wanted. the truth I think the truth, though, is like that, like what you said, like it's um, it is too complicated just to hand to somebody because it has so many facets to it. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't think it can just be said in one conversation or in one line of thought. Like, so yeah. I do think it really is like that. So, yeah, it's it's kind of I think it would be hard when you're trying to sell it because you can't just explain it in some simple terms. Yeah. So yeah, one of the main things I've experienced with it was. Um, first entering the school, I wanted to, I wanted like spirituality to be like sexy. Like I wanted like these great profound answers. Like I yeah. wanted, like my idea of like what I was going to be like after the four years, like I'm like, oh, I'm going to be super enlightened. And then I'm like, none of my problems are going to be nearly the problems that I, that they are now. And I, I, I was going to be like this badass, blah, 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 this and that and that. But like, it's, so less dramatic than that and that's like kind of it's like the double-edged sword of it it's like it's better than what you think but it's also not this like profound like i'm gonna see i'm gonna be walking around seeing people's auras and be able to read them and know everything about them and like have psychic abilities and stuff like that from being like super like you know that type of things um you had some that high expectations, dude. I did not realize that. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's, it's just, it wasn't like I had these expectations. It was just like, I would spend so much time thinking about like, well, what if this is possible? And what if like, this is what it means? And what if like, this is what the ancient Egyptians were doing with the pyramids? And, you know, I was playing yeah. with all these yeah. like fantastic stories, which like, it's cool to theorize about those things but like at the end of the day it's just like it's taking me out of like where i am right now yeah. um and so my own story and everything has become much less dramatic like i'm not so like caught up in like my suffering story or 
or like um, if that makes sense, uh, things are less dramatic and it's less about like wanting to like fly with the angels, even though like there are angels among us, but like at least my, this is, and then again, everything's relational. So this has been my experience. My experience was much more about coming into like my, the mundaneness of my life. Uh, yeah. Not Same. to make things sound shitty, but like I needed to come more into like the, all right, this is where you are and this is who you are. And the mundaneness of life is this. And, you know, praying to the angels or having, expecting some big, you know, God-like event to come into your life to save you isn't going to happen. You know, you have to save yourself. <laughs> Kate, Kate asked me just the other day, she said something like, if you could have angel wings, would you? If God said to you, hey, here are your angel wings back. Is that how you put it, Kate? Um, would you take them? And then I thought, like, that's the most obvious, like, of course you would take them. But then she started going into, like, it might be horrible. They might not fit anywhere. They might not fit on an airplane. <laughs> you might not be able to have sex with them certain ways. They might not. You, she really put it on it, so I don't know. I don't know what you guys are thinking about that, but she really scared the hell out of me. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, because I was like, well, what if you start trying to fly? Like in this collective, I feel like someone would be like, shoot down that fucking angel. Like you know what I mean? Like, I feel like someone would shoot you down. And then I was saying the sea. That's was, what like, she was you. obsessed about. She was obsessed about someone shooting you out of the sky, and I'm like, who the fuck? Why are Probably. you so? possessed that someone would shoot me out of the sky if i was flying somewhere i don't but that was her thing like she couldn't maniacs. get that out of her head someone will shoot me maniacs uh <laughs> but then i was also saying to you i was like because because i was saying to cj i'm like well if you had angel wings i would still obviously like have sex with you and and he was like i know kate but then i was like would you still have sex with me if I had angel wings? And then I said that you could come on my wings and you got so oh, <laughs> I was disgusted. I was fully disgusted by that. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Oh, man. Yeah, you guys, you, you guys have on. wings? Yo, you ever have a wing job, dude? It's, it's fantastic. It's just like... A um, wing job, yeah. Yeah, wing job. So would we have wings? I, I think, I, hell yeah, I'd take wings. Yeah, wouldn't you have to? But then I started thinking, what would I do with them? Like, do I just fly places instead of, like, driving? Is yeah. it that much more convenient? Is it cold when you're flying places? Like, or would I rather just get in a van and drive where I'm going? Hmm. I was wondering about that, too. I'll just put on a face mask and fly, even if it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> There's, like, limited things you can actually do with it. That's what I was thinking about. Like, it would be badass. And, no, like, but see, but I feel like there'd be some racist people racist against you for having that. Because no matter what you have, somebody might be racist against whatever that is. You filthy wiener. Like exactly. <laughs> Can't do the wings like condense enough where they're like not that big when you're not using them. Uh, That's what I was saying to Kate. I said, like, you know how an eagle, like, if it's just sitting there chilling on a perch. Um, you wouldn't even know it has wings. It just looks like kind of like a jacket or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I thought maybe they would be like that. Um, and if that's the case, that's badass. Like if mm -hmm. it was kind of like a Batman type looking cape, like it came around and it was black and they're black and then you can fly away. I'd wear that all the time. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, if I can condense the wing so it's not like I can like walk into the bar and like everyone's not gonna like be like Jesus Christ, what does they're that like, guy what the fuck have on his back? Again. You know, <laughs> if they're not that much of like a if they don't stand out that much, then I would definitely take them. Yeah, I don't know why she asked that. I'm sorry I brought it up, gentlemen. Um, but I, yeah, okay. No, it's it's a great. I was gonna bring it up anyway because it's a really good thing to think about because. As we are in this evolution here on Earth, we don't know what possibilities could open up. That's where I believe is, is yes, reality, it, it's about coming into the mundaneness. But I think as you settle into the mundaneness of life and find the electricity there, things mm -hmm. and possibilities can actually open up that, to me, I still do love uh, channeling enlightened aliens and connecting to the angel realms. And I know that in the school, it wasn't supposed to be all about, you know, spirituality is doing that stuff, but I'm still all about that. Like I love going into the mermaid realm and enlightened aliens. Cause I don't fucks with no uh, aliens that Evil are aliens. aggressive. <laughs> um, yeah. but what, like, but the again, aliens like, from the movie Aliens? Yeah, I don't fuck with that. You're racist against them? I thought you loved everything and everyone. That's what I thought until you said that. And now it's like, mm -hmm. oh, they're slimy, and they got these slimy teeth that come out of their mouth um, behind their real teeth that you don't mess with them at all? <laughs> Jeez. No, I don't think I do mess with them. I, I... I'm not going to your church. <laughs> True non-duality, in a sense, is accepting the light and the dark within the universe, I believe. So I include that beings like that exist, but I personally, at this point in my life, would rather uh, interact with the, the aliens steeped in love, connectedness, helping us get different um, energy resources going here on earth, cleaning up the earth because we have a real pollution issue so uh, I'm not really trying to intermingle with the warlike ones. I want to help bring in a new paradigm here on Earth. Which so I in your universe, there's going to be like a projects where those ones live, and then every <laughs> all the other ones get to live in the nice neighborhood. Is that what you're telling me? No, right? they had a movie about that. What was that? District Nine or something? Yeah, no, I'm not yeah. going to do that. Don't. Well, good. That's what it <laughs> sounded like for a second. We're going to build these uh -huh. camps. Yeah. <laughs> They'll have their own planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'll be segregated to a different planet. As Kate is talking about the warlike aliens, I'm just thinking about the. And then you mentioned pollution and everything. And I'm thinking, I wonder if we're the warlike aliens because we're the ones. I mean, we're already killing our planet. We don't need help from anybody else to kill our planet right now. That's all I was. I've been. You're just touching on some things, Kate. That's all I got to say. Good. Yeah, we act like we're alien. You know, it's so funny to forget everything we are. Even this computer screen we are on came from the very act, the first act of fire, the most natural thing a human could do, like with the world. And I don't think people even remember when they eat like anything, when they eat anything at all. They're, that this this is from this is from the only place we can get it planet earth like this is not from fucking a factory that was just that just produced it willy-nilly and i don't know there's such a disconnect from 
from where we came from, I think. I think we're almost like the aliens that you're talking about right now. Not yeah, we, when you say that. this room. Huh? So when you say that, yeah, like we might be the warlike ones. I feel like it's like, you know, we're a race. We might be scared of that because we're like that. And so we think that other other things would be like that. It's kind of like yeah, somebody, wow. who's re- somebody who's real scared of you stealing their stuff. It's because they're a thief. And that their main thing is to steal your stuff. People who don't yeah. fear that that much, it's because they don't have that inclination. So maybe the fact that we're so scared of that, you know, that kind of stuff makes us kind of mirrors like that we we are like that yeah well said man beauty is in the eye of the be- uh the beholder as they say you know if you see beauty if you have beauty in your heart you'll see beauty and well that's exactly what you're saying um so if there is war and trauma in our hearts and everything and of course we all carry a piece of that that's just some of it's just innate to being human of course the suffering and then there's all the unnecessary suffering that goes on that we carry and uh, yeah, we, we, it's, it's easy and it's quite easy to see and even understandably so uh, to witness a lot of people become miserable in the face of it all. It's really like that's the inner battle in my eyes. Like, how do you deal with all the bullshit of life um, in a way that is I don't want to use American words like effective. You know, I, I'm talking how do you deal with it? and make it still a better place like and hold on to your light while you're dealing with it like yeah. because a lot of people you see you know you see as life goes on their light kind of gets extinguished you know when you when you bump into them again or something it's like kind of to me it's kind of like holding on that light you had when you were a little kid while you go through like the really wow. hard shit oh know. man that's a beautiful image thank you for sharing that <laughs> that light you had as a little kid it's so true it's so true yeah, um, I think there's a process that we all go through where like life removes its innocence. That like it's easier to hold that light when life seems very innocent, and then you know a lot of people get that light smashed out without their approval. You know, when, when they're traumatized at a young age or something horrible happens to them, um, and so the natural instinct is to just not trust the world anymore, not trust life. Which is very understandable because we live in a very traumatizing society and it's yeah. not a very uh and it's one that doesn't embrace um how to heal and it doesn't give us a map for how to heal when we we just say like life's tough and you gotta figure it out. Zach, what are you talking There's about, no... dude? It's it's pull up your bootstraps. <laughs> <laughs> That's how exactly. you heal. Exactly. Put on your boots. <laughs> it's like everyone you figure it out on your own, but <clears throat> systems in place there's no cultural systems in place to like show us how to um truly heal in like a holistic way like a truly fully um can't think of the right word um but a way that allows us to come back and like maintain that light you know a lot of people are just told and especially like when people you think about um you know, when we look at like a child who starts like acting out because they've been traumatized or like they were molested or something like that. And now they have uh, issues when they're like 12, 13 years old. If you were like observing that as an adult, you'd understand like, oh, this is a child that uh, has, un- you know, has not dealt with this trauma and hasn't had the help to deal with this trauma. But if that just continues on without being treated and now they 23 24 25 years old whatever it is 
and we see them as an adult and they're still acting out. We no longer give them the benefit of the doubt. It's like, oh, this is this child that's dealing with this trauma. Like, you know, it has a, there's a, there's an age limit and there's a way they look that it's no longer acceptable anymore. But the problem is we have people and grown adults that are acting out on this trauma, but we don't see it like that anymore. We see this as, as no, you're an adult and you have to deal with it on your own. And this is your fault. And this is your problem. You know, we don't have that, uh, compassion and we don't have that benefit of the doubt towards each other after a certain age yeah to me i i seen that yeah i i recognize that and to me it's like almost it was like planned by whatever made us like we're, we're born really super cute and so we get we're given a lot of things and we get a lot of things taken care of and then we get less cute and more people like you need to take care of your own shit like as you as you grow up you look more adult and you like you need less help and then you're given less help and you're given less forgiveness and you're given less and then the stuff comes more and more on your own shoulders and so that's when you start your light can go out or, or start to get extinguished and then i feel like the battle like when you're a grown-up is getting it back mm. like getting to say like say now all this stuff i was sheltered at as as a kid now now i i want to be able to like have all that stuff on my shoulders and have my light. That's when you're like, that's when you like evolve. Like, I don't know. I've had that thought in my head. I don't know that it's real, but it's just like, it's crossed yeah. my mind before. Yeah. And I think it's also, in a sense, we're talking about getting back in touch with your full life force. Kids are so alive. They're so in tune with the other side and the flow of life. They believe in magic. Um, you can see it's that light is coursing through them. And then, yes, through different traumas and defense mechanisms, they disconnect to survive. And then a lot of the healing work is trying to reconnect you back to that energy, that life force. Um, I always talk about, and I know I've talked about it with each one of you, um, suffering and what its actual role is in this journey. And there are a lot of um, spiritual teachers that I think really harp on suffering, where it's like it just has to be a part of the journey and trust me i know suffering and i feel suffering we hear I, that i believe though that there is a way of life capable um of getting to where there is less suffering for us individually and as a collective unit at least i pray for that every day and for the animals um and the earth <laughs> itself because um it's that kind of like pull yourself up by the bootstraps mentality has taken over and I think has killed the light in so many of us where it's like people think that life isn't meant to be enjoyed. It's supposed to be hard. You see it in the school system. You see it in um, different prisons and workplaces, even like cubicle life. It's like, there's this thing where it's like, well, this is what life is. You're not supposed to enjoy it. And I just disagree. I think that there is a way that we can get to where suffering isn't as big of a part of it and people can stay connected to their life force their light and i will keep fighting for that um, Kate, yeah the way you say it is it shows the wisdom in what you're saying you're not getting rid of suffering you know why don't you don't even bother i want to right well we <laughs> all i mean yeah we want to but we're talking about i think we can yeah, I, I, I mean, I would disagree. It would be a fun disagreement to hash out. But like, um, totally. 
You know, um, I definitely agree with, though, the majority of which is I would just label it as unnecessary suffering. It's the shit that doesn't need to be. Um, you know, we all could make a million stabs at what that is for everybody because everybody's life has it to some degree. Everyone has the um, whether it be a suicide in the family or depression or alcoholism or your own depression or. Like there's all this stuff that we that just kind of we grow up with, too, that becomes a part of who we are. Right. We know that. And um, a lot of it is just a lot of unnecessary stuff because there is the necessary built into life, which is just simply a matter of we're all mortal. People around us we love are going to die like happens happened already. You know, like we I'm sure we've all been touched by that. So I'm not chasing the world in which there's nothing to cry over, you know, but I, I am on board totally with getting rid of the shit that shouldn't it it just makes it worse you know just makes it worse that's all that's all i'm talking about yeah Yeah. the the way i think of it is is like you can you can evolve like you can get stronger at all of it like anything that causes you pain or uncomfortability like you can get stronger and that's kind of what it's about to me like like and then that's it's your choice to evolve like you can make, you know, running 10 miles could be hell, but you could make it so it's actually like refreshing. Yeah. You know, when you put in years and years of work, like, so, so I kind of think of all of it like that way. Like, like I can, you know, if I'm in something that's making me feel uncomfortable, making me, you know, or, or that's, that's real difficult for me, like I'm, I'm getting stronger. Mm-hmm. And so, and so like, eventually it might not be difficult for me. Like I could be an old, old guy and so many things aren't very difficult anymore. Like there's, you're still doing it. You're still running the 10 miles. Like it's not, you know, you have to put the energy out to do that. But, you know, you, I think you might be able to get to the point where you're, you might be coasting, you know, almost coasting. And then coming from where we've had to come from, where c- certain things were hell, I feel like, you know, coasting would be heaven. Mm. Yeah, what you're saying is reminding me of, it's one of the teachings uh, we learned in non-duality about the process of integration of life and death, the death and rebirth, like over and over and over again, where eventually getting to a point of integration where like, as things are breaking down, they're building back up at that same exact time. So like you're being, like while you're experiencing the suffering of loss, like you're being nourished by the rebirth as it comes in right there. Like the, you're holding the opposites of the world side by side and they're right with each other uh, every step of the way. And how do we, you know, develop a world like that? I was even thinking about viruses, you know, with coronavirus going around right now, how viruses are actually information inputs to organisms to learn how to adapt more. Like with the world, like you can't, we can't eradicate the world of viruses. Like viruses are essential to the biology and evolution of life on earth and it's this process of like as the virus is happening the organism is learning is taking in new information and learning how it needs to evolve you know so i was thinking about that concept of like as the virus even though we're seeing it as like it's killing things it's rebirth is right happening at the same time it's adjusting like in real time things are like the death is happening and the rebirth is happening and so learning about like you're saying like running like the first time you run 10 miles probably is gonna 
really be hard and feel what feel horrible but at the same time that step towards it becoming refreshing is immediately happening with it you know it's in this inner inner dance together uh, yeah like, like it has to tear down the muscles to get to, to strengthen them yeah, I'd like to add into this too. What Zach said, I mean, it's a great way to describe it. It's actually, maybe I've heard it before, but actually the way you said it really landed, like you, it's this process happening simultaneously. That's what we're kind of building towards. That's a skill, by the way, because it's nothing you want to rush either. It's nothing you want to be crying over um, something that's terrible that just happened. And you're also saying, but this is good because I'm getting stronger. You know, it's like, it, it, yeah, you yeah. can't there is no uh, timeline or we're talking outside of the time of things really. Cause as we all know, something can bother you 30 years later from when it happened. Like we're, 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 we're talking about just meeting it as you are and, and we're continuously doing the work on yourself literally every day so that when it happens again, something different, again, something is always going to happen. Life happens. You are there to meet it. And I think my most tangible um, example I could give, because it was happening as if it was laid out before me. I see it so clearly. When my dog, I might cry. <laughs> so, yeah, but, and Vizak knows. And, and we all know um, my dog got hit by a car last year. Or was it two years ago? Last year, I don't know. Um, summer, you know, that was my like little angel baby. Because she was my angel. She was like, helped me through life. So she died. And. It was the saddest thing, and it was the closest I ever was to grieving. And I've had people die in my life, but here, but I mean, I wasn't prepared for it the way I had been last year. Last year, it was an easier process of grief, and it was still terrible, but it was, I was right there with it, seeing where I was. It's kind of like being able to give yourself a hug, you know, when, when you need it. Um, and, and that's, that's just pure kindness, but like, that's, I don't know. Um, you, you know, who's taught that we don't get taught that in school, you know, who, who can deal with something so, uh, tragic if we're not given the skills and someone doesn't take the time to teach us and, and we don't do it ourselves. And it, it's such a lengthy process. It's nothing that can be rushed. So I just want to like stress that, you know, it's nothing to beat yourself up over if you can't handle the pain of what it is. Um, yeah, and it's okay to ease the pain in whatever ways you feel necessary. Like, I have been getting pretty bad headaches and stuff, and every time I take, like, an Excedrin or an Aleve, there's some guilt that comes in for even needing that, and mm -hmm. I've had to really work with, like, it's okay to ease the pain right now, and it's a gift to even have this medicine available, you know? <laughs> I swear to you, I've been through the same trip recently with ibuprofen or something. Uh, yeah. No, it was uh, naproxen. Yeah, I swear. Because, yeah, I, exactly right. Exactly right. Because what's the point of or taking it? Or to have it? a drink. Or to have a yeah. puff of, of weed or whatever. Like, yeah. it's okay to make your life a little easier. Go to Chippendales. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not for me, for you. Yeah, dude. I, I wouldn't mean, go to Chippendales. Oh, like, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's like, nasty. You know, and we all know, and this is why we have good friends to tell us if you're going too far to soothe yourself with heroin or something. You know, like obviously there are trips that will you can take. You might feel better, but it isn't going to be good for you in the long run. And uh, that you know, that's why you should surround yourself with good people, I guess, so they can stop you 
<laughs> from like, hey, listen, if you shot heroin six days this week, maybe take that one day. Off, <laughs> yeah, like you know? need a day of rest. It's yeah. Sunday yeah, for God's right. sake. <laughs> maybe switch to meth on that seventh day. Yeah. Chill. Ease off. Yeah. Your friend. Um, well, what I want. No, this reminded me of. Go ahead. Go ahead. What I also wanted to say was it reminds me of of the quote. I've been talking about this quote a lot this week. It's a Ram Dass quote where everything's grist for the mill. And it's kind of in alignment. Love it. Yeah. CG was saying about using all that pain in a sense that it's for adaptation. Well, we all kind of said it together. Adaptation, mm -hmm, evolution, mm -hmm. where it's your relationship to things. So you use it for grist for the mill. It's like, okay, here's this thing even being sick or whatever, I'm going to use this to evolve. I'm going to use this to grow. It's all about your intent. And if your intent is for growth, um, it's for evolution, it's to open your heart more and more, and it's for healing to get more in touch with that life force, then everything will be used for that. Um, and also the word disease is dis-ease, right? So it's like, Really, when you're out of alignment with self and feeling that suffering, they're all beautiful lessons, even if they're painful. How can I become more me? How can I get more in alignment with my truth? Um, and I know from my, own, from my own journey, the times that I've been in my deepest suffering, it, it is the universe, I believe, working for me to try to get me to realize how I can be more me and more in alignment with who I actually am which um, is not always easy, but um, it, it is a beautiful journey even with all the suffering, but I'm also very grateful to be where I'm at. And I don't think anyone could pay me to go back even mm -hmm. to like a week ago, you know, like I would never want to relive some of the pain that I've gotten to, but I am very grateful to be alive and to be with you guys right now, not to yeah. sound too corny, but we've all kind of had not such easy paths and i know like each one of us um has really held on to some kind of faith of there has to be more there has to be a reason for all of this you know like because when you're in those dark depths you have to have some kind of light in that in the end of that tunnel or some kind of hope or, or yeah faith that there's more to all of this and i have to say like the four of us really are uh have a lot of faith that have gotten us through some dark times. And so I'm the, proud of all of us. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are definitely better people than I'm accustomed to fraternizing with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told when Zach wasn't here yet, I was like, I was like, Zach was picking up trash by the river. <laughs> CG was like, what? Why? Is this a new person? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was kind of, I don't know what I was picturing exactly, um, but uh, but then uh, it dawned on me, like I, I pictured every single thing possible of like the weirdest ways he could be picking up trash before I came to the realization of like, wait, he's just a good person? <laughs> I don't know any people like that. I was like, I don't know if I belong in this group. <laughs> so, well, I've been, I can't let I you do that. I've this in my life. Well, it's, I've, I have... I've had COVID this week. I'm fine now. I, and I did, I, it was never really horrible in any sort of sense. It was a very mild symptoms, but the only time I've gotten out of my apartment was to like go for a walk with my roommate's dog. And I made sure to stay away from people, but I was just paying more attention 
to the trail that I walk along and there's just trash everywhere. And I made it a point in my head. I was like, I'm just going to walk one of these days and just start picking up the trash. So that's what yeah, I'm yeah. COVID, <laughs> I mean, that is, that is good stuff. Now COVID, I was thinking they should have like, um, MTV's the grind COVID COVID version, COVID edition, where just everybody has masks on and they're just, their pelvises are close together, but they're keeping their heads you know, far enough back. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that popped into my head, but I thought it would be <laughs> it's a, a hell of a really, reference. I thought that if if I'm gonna watch something, that's gonna be it. That's why I can't popped into my head. I'm watching MTV's The Grind COVID version. Why don't they so bring, that's why I thought. Message them and tell them to bring back the grind. Zach's <laughs> <laughs> calling you old, Sage. The grind was great. No, they'd have like they'd have like two professional dancers and then like a bunch of people they didn't show very much because like they couldn't dance at all. They just like called to them at the beach. They're like, hey, you guys, you want to be on a show? <laughs> like, cool, man. And so, yeah, the grind was great. So I want them to bring it back during COVID season. That's my wish. That's, that's you've got email, wish. man. So you can yeah hit, hit MTV up. I'm sure they'll take that seriously. After this business? podcast, they're going to take me a lot more seriously. So good, I'm doing it. <laughs> and I, CG, I hate also when you, I know it's all jokes or whatever, but like when you act like you're not a good person, because I just need to say, CG did save my life. Like, yeah. as did you too. Like, you guys have really been there for me in my deepest moments of suffering as well. But like when I, when I reconnected to CG, I was in a, in a state and like, uh, you might not always use the the language you would hear in a spiritual school, but like your not only your faith, but your ability to find compassion and forgiveness um, for really almost anyone, uh, I think is it's inspiring. So there's just there's nothing that noble about reaching out to a smoking hot girl. That's <laughs> you know, what I mean, like, I don't feel that great about it. I, I know that you like to say that, and I really do. I am glad that you appreciate it, but it just, you know. Okay, it felt okay, well, thank you, but so hold natural. on. You never, want me, you never want to take in these compliments, but I just, uh, thank you for calling me smoking hot, but here's the thing. I'm allergic to compliments. I, I don't know. I know Something's you are. wrong with me. <laughs> you were, I was in a very angry place when I found you, and I felt like the world was against me, which was not true, and you really helped me to realize that that's not the case and that there are so many beautiful humans walking the earth. And from the position you were in at that time to be able to have that perspective made me go within and say, there's no reason to not be able to find this light in me. You know what I mean? Uh, and I didn't even know how angry I had become, but uh, I, was, I was talking a lot about laser beams and stuff. Mm. Uh, Laser beam in the dicks. I don't know if yeah. you guys have heard much of that, but I sure have. <laughs> Should I go I have. Oh, I've, oh, I've heard it. I was thinking about smoking a bowl before this. I might have to go smoke it right now because I don't know what the <laughs> fuck we're talking. <laughs> I want to hear more about laser beam and dicks. All right, though. Oh, have you not, have you not told Ted about all that? Oh, okay, she always sends her psychic laser beams to beam people's dicks that she doesn't like. <laughs> that was her thing, dude. That was her thing, like, she was sending laser beams to dicks. Like, she, she'd say it all the time. She's like, yeah, he's got laser beams to his dick. And I'd, I'd say, what? You know, Imagine I mean, just getting a sloth. 
Like, the, you know it shoots laser beams and it's coming your way. And you're like, oh, <laughs> I've never sent laser beams to your deck. So, uh, good. Thank you. I haven't so felt no any worries, lately. <laughs> I don't think I felt any, but honestly, I don't know what that would feel like. Yeah. I true. obviously have never sent, I've, I've given you all my heart and love. So, mm -hmm. clearly, you know, and same with Zach, obviously, he's never gotten laser beams his way. But Zach also knows a lot about my. My rage. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> um, you know, CJ, like, hearing your story, um, no, I haven't gotten it from you directly. I've gotten it through Kate. Like, um, I don't like to do comparative suffering, but I, sometimes I do it myself. Like, I'm, like, losing my mind off of being in my apartment for, you know, a week by myself. Well, my roommate's here, but, like, still, uh, it's so challenging and your like attitude like after everything you've been through is like it gives me hope that like it's you know it's it's possible to find the light within the darkness um and i'm having like an extra tough week because like i had a relationship that didn't work out that's like beating me up extra than it would because of the circumstances of everything with the world right now um and so it's like really easy to get down on my just like feeling shitty about the world. So like talking to people like you and the attitude you have is like, yeah, very, very um, refreshing. Yeah, Jeez, I'm not that. used to all this optimism. This is like, this is, I'm going to be all that, That's the thing, dude. This. No, no, no. I wouldn't confuse it with optimism, dude. We're terrible <laughs> pessimists in a lot of regards. But, but what we said, like, it's just about being real, man. And so, you know, if you bring that, you just got to accept that at a certain point, dude. You bring a lot of real. So, cool. You know? And this is about, like, being with others. You know, yeah. being with, like, suffering is so much easier with other people. Like, when you have people with you to suffer or just to be, just simply just be there, you know. And, like, we're learning, we learn about the holographic nature of reality. Like, when you add more pieces to reality it's just so much easier to see what's really going on because a lot of times we try to you know suffering happens to us and then we put ourselves in isolation and we just go with well this is what it means and this is the truth and i'm actually a piece of shit and la 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 but oh, you're yeah. only one piece you're only one piece of reality and when you add more pieces to your life other people like you were saying earlier it's a like mirrors, like you get the, it becomes more clear what really is going on, you know? Yo, thank you, Zach, CG. What Zach just said reminded me before this uh, podcast officially started, I was just telling you about the pictures of seagulls I've been taking, right? And you're like, and what you were saying, you know, well, tell me, what, you were a lifeguard at some they point? Were, they were a lifeguard's natural enemy, basically. Like yeah, I was exactly. a lifeguard on the beach and they were hated. Many lifeguards are basically racist against seagulls. They yeah. hate the whole, they hate the whole, any color seagull, they hate them all. It's like, so yeah. I was wondering how you became well, good with the seagull. I didn't realize it. I wouldn't have said it this way unless Zach just said it too, which is like, I'm just out there adding another perspective of reality. Like every day the sun comes up and I'm out there and that sun comes up whether or not I'm there on the beach or not for it, taking those pictures of seagulls. It just gives me another dose of like it's kind of like the tree falling in the forest kind of trick you know we want to believe everything is centered around us and a large portion i mean all of our experience is centered around us but 
Kate talks a lot about the universe. If you really take in the universe for what it is, which is impossible because it's so vast and giant and big, and it's got so much more in it that is part of reality. And so to see it, at, if I woke up in the morning and said, today is a bad day, and yet the world is happening around me, and, and they don't even care if it's a bad day for Ted. It just, I get, uh, it's just another perspective. It kind of like adds to the, my view of reality to be in the mundane, like that Zach's talking about earlier, like just the everyday happenings are, are part of that holographic nature of everything. It just, it allows me to be more with reality, I guess. And um, that's one of the things that attracts me to take pictures of seagulls. Cause when you really think about it, that seagulls an individual too. Like I'm seeing the, these seagulls and I'm like, damn, that thing has a life on it. Look at it. It's going fishing for its family right now. Like, I don't even, how can I comprehend that into everything that actually I think is reality when really it's, it's so hard to pinpoint where it is, you know, it's all things. So. See, and I, I found your pictures quite beautiful actually. And then when I asked myself what was beautiful about it, I thought, you know, cause the Eagle was the, uh, the seagull was so far away because yeah. if you take a picture of it with the Eagle, I mean, the seagull, I'm sorry, like taking a hot dog out of your hand, like when you're a lifeguard oh, or, that's taking a, to me. or taking a dump on your shoulder while you're up there in front of the whole beach and they it's can all see too. that you just got dumped on your shoulder and you have to go in the water and wash it off. I was thinking that you found the way to make them beautiful, but yeah, um, no, yeah. no, no, in all, in all seriousness, yeah, they were really good pictures. Oh, thanks, man. I mean, I've had food taken out of my hand too and been shot on it and like, but you don't have hate in your heart like I do festering for them. But you've somehow overcome that. Uh, you took it personally, whereas I was just like, oh, you fucking damn bird. But the bird's just like, it's a bird. You know, how are you going to take it? If I'm going to take every insult personally from a bird, then I, I'm in bad shape, man. You know, I got I'm taking too much personally in life. And, I no. mean, are you often insulted by birds? Because it sounds like you have quite a history with this. Uh, it takes a lot to insult me these days, but okay. like you know, but you know what I mean. Like you, you know, yeah. you think think about a younger version of me, and yeah, that would piss me off, man. That would piss me off. But, <laughs> but whatever, you know. And then I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Adding as much more and especially the hot reality. dog was so expensive because the the shack on the beach you, is like a five dollar hot this dog. This is his trauma. Is it? No, I'm and just kidding. Eating <laughs> half a hot dog, I got. That's all I got is one hot dog. I'm a big kid. <laughs> big 200 pound kid sitting out there you know so i don't know man i don't know, I don't know I'm you're a better person than me ted we've i think no. we've established that no, but no, i'm no, gonna dude, get I, there i want you to understand you you're making it sound like i'm saying you have to like them you know you can hate them you can <laughs> yeah. care you know and i don't really like them in per se they're not my friends like you, you don't know, want it as a pet you just, they're pretty they're pretty flying by over the ocean yeah and you don't want to like have have one yes Oh, all right. I get exactly. it now. I'm starting to come around. It's also illegal, believe it or not. Anyway, I'm not going, I'm not going down this route. I'm just letting you know. The Migratory Bird Act of some odd year in the 1900s. Oh, anyways. Damn, yeah, Ted knows yeah. his stuff. <laughs> Bringing up the legislation. I'm enlightened today. This is great. I have a reason for knowing all this shit. It's always stupid reasons. But, but I put a bird feathers on my flute. I've like bought bought a Native American flute, and then I realized that's illegal. Apparently, that's illegal. And so I was looking it up and stuff, and it led me down a rabbit hole. And anyways, I came to the Migratory Bird Act. It's only legal uh, on the reservation. 
No, no, no. Like certain groups are allowed to do stuff, but also it's just a matter of protecting the birds because people were <coughs> literally hunting <coughs> hundreds of bird species to extinction and uh, basically just to have the feathers. And so because you can't tell whether or not a feather you have was taken from a live or dead bird, um, it just counts all feathers can't of most mm -hmm. bird species, um, specifically the migratory ones. So who wanted to hear that today? Here you well, are. I definitely <laughs> wanted to get into that. I'm, uh, I'm glad we did. Yeah, good. Now you know. Now you know. <laughs> and birds are descendants of dinosaurs. They are dinosaurs. That's true. They so whenever you see a bird, just remind you like this is a like the divinity of a bird. Yeah. And how like the ancientness of a bird, descendants of dinosaurs. Yep. <laughs> yep. Directly related. And I'll be like, get the fuck away from my hot dog. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll still remember that they are ancient ancestors of the yeah. dinosaurs. As you eat my Cheetos. <laughs> Before we wrap up, um, because like I said, what I love about you guys is that you're all very enlightened and good-hearted, but you all also have like an inner partier animal within as well um because those are my people where it's like you're on the path of enlightenment but you also know how to have fun so i kind of want to bring in uh and maybe you have a fun story too ted i don't know but i know zach i think you have some pretty crazy uh college stories so if there's one you'd like to share from a party i know i've heard some from your stand-up, you don't have to do the whole bit or anything like that. Because <laughs> CG shared some pretty crazy uh, stories from his past with lifeguarding and stuff like that. But I didn't know, Zach, if you wanted to share one of your crazy stories. And maybe, Ted, you have one, too. Oh, shit. Um, I'd have to think of one. I yeah, you said, I know She's you airing out to. everybody's business on this episode. <laughs> no, uh, I just... I feel like because I've I've heard Zach's Zach's uh, Zach started stand up like a year before COVID hit, so he hasn't been able to really hit the stage. But I know he will once it's it's open back up. But um, do you want to share a crazy story? <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> the one that's coming to mind is one day we were having like a Saturday day party where we were at a friend's house off campus. And we were drinking, what are they called, Skippies, where you make jungle juice and beer, which is um, pretty gross. Is it all gross. in a big trash can? Is it all in a big trash Just, can you dip a cup into it? Uh, we used a big cooler, but yeah, same thing. And... Um, we were just belligerently drunk. Like, all of us were just absolutely drunk. And this was... Snapchat just came out. Like, Snapchat was maybe less than a year old. Um, and we go from this party, we all go back to the fraternity house, and every, everyone's drunk, and <laughs> I get out to get a shower, and so I get completely naked, and uh, I go to the shower, and then my friends are outside in the hallway, and I start like r going out naked wrestling with them and just like wrestling with everybody naked. And uh, then I uh, 
<laughs> my friend started to there was a wheelchair somebody stole a wheelchair from like the university center and i sat in the wheelchair and they started pushing me around in the wheelchair completely naked and someone took a snapchat video and put it on their and put it on their story and it's me just arms in the air legs spread out dick and balls just in clear vision um and a bunch of girls started screenshotting it and uh, got back to my girlfriend at the time. Then now finding that like I'm on Snapchat completely naked in the frat house. Um, and she was not very happy about that. And then after that, I was in the shower and my friends came in and they took a bunch of cold water and dumped it on me. And I get out of the shower and I start chasing them and I get to them and I get to the hallway and I do like one of those cartoon slips where like my foot slips up all the way in the air and I completely like go upside down, smack my head against the ground and I got like a huge bump in the back of my head and then my girlfriend gets there a little bit after and she's really pissed off at me and then... And then I find out who the girls are that have the photo of me completely naked on their phones and I see them in public and I have to be like, oh, well, that person knows what it's like to see my balls. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one of the more funny stories. That was awesome. That's the first I one that comes to that. I like that you started naked, naked wrestling everybody. That must have been the shit. <laughs> I wish that was on video. Uh, like, Yo, man, what the fuck are you doing? Yo, man. <laughs> like, Let's go. That's that um, fucking awesome to me. Yeah, I remember that. That's <laughs> so funny. I, I just remember, like, I was there for it live, though. I didn't need the video. I did it just back, ro roaming down a hallway in a wheelchair naked. And that was kind of funny as shit. <laughs> um, all right, well, Zach reminded me of one. It involves getting naked. So, however, you know, I'm a changed man these days. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put on this rubber wedding ring while I tell this <laughs> to remember, you know, I'm just kidding. The things that I did back then, I couldn't, I wouldn't do now, but back then, you know, short eight years ago, let's say we went to Cancun. Zach was there. Um, it was just for fraternity dudes to go party. And that was, it was spring break. And we like, that was the first time I ever did anything like that. Cancun's a den of evil, but go ahead. It is a den of evil. There's puppies <laughs> being sold on the sides of the road for $20. And holy shit, it's a fucking bizarre place. And I mean, but you know, it's basically just, it's kind of like, now I look back, it's kind of like a gross place. Cause it's just like a place gross. for like Americans to come fucking piss everywhere and poop on everything. And that's what my story involves. So, um, you know, we're in Mexico, too. My stomach wasn't handling it too well. And I did have a girlfriend at the time. And so, therefore, I was, like, not going to get with any chicks. But, however, I was a wing. On your spring break, you weren't allowed to get with any chicks because you had a girlfriend? I, I, it's something I always regret I didn't because a week later we ended up fucking breaking up or something. So, I was like, damn it, this one girl really wanted me. Anyways, but still, what I did was with our buddy Matt, uh, who was chasing this one girl for the night, um, really like a babe, you know, a babe. And her friend is is fucked up. We called him. We she was a grenade, you know. She was a yeah. grenade. If you ever heard the term, I jumped and, on a lot of them in my day. Well, I, no! didn't, 
I didn't even have to jump on it. I just had to like go along with it until something they would, you know, would. So, and in my heart of hearts, I knew there's no way I'm getting with anyone anyways, but here I am. So we're skinny dipping in the ocean. It's, uh, it's about 2 a.m. I mean, I'm happy just to be there watching this babe be, you know, oh, the other frolicky, one's hot. naked and frolicky. No, the one that thinks she's getting with me that night. No, she is the grenade. I'm, but the other one, the other one. The other one's very, very attractive. And, and I bring up the Mexican food thing because while we're skinny dipping in the ocean, <laughs> um, I don't know, I'm just pooping my, I'm, I'm just pooping at the ocean. <laughs> and they're foreign they're like from like fucking sweden or something and she's like chasing me kind of like she thinks she's gonna get with me and everything and i'm just pooping in the ocean the whole time oh I'm just my like, god i'm like i can't believe i have to poop. you know i didn't say it out loud no one knew i was pooping in the ocean the beautiful crystal blue water or what have you um it was I dark like no it one knew what which I was way doing. the current's going like you could have gotten a lot of trouble I, it was for that. dangerous like, she it was very dangerous Slipping tester. Kate asked her a stupid, crazy story, and I just think that was a pretty crazy (laughs) night. I was just skinny dipping with a foreigner and her friend and my buddy, and I'm pooping in the ocean at the same time. (laughs) That about sums it up. (laughs) No, no, that's an amazing story. Thanks, man. I'm I'm glad it's it it uh, it was appreciated somewhere in life other than in my head. I I still think about that as like a stupid time in my life. Like wow, was like was it just that bad because you you were eating the food? The Cancun food did it to I'm you? Sure. Like yeah. Or you just didn't care? You said like I have a girlfriend. I'm not really trying to impress anybody. No, no, I had, take I, I had the runs, dude. I had the shit. <laughs> okay. It wasn't and, and it wasn't liquid. I have to. I, I guess I have to specify. It wasn't. You know. Oh, you just dropped like a solid log. <laughs> yeah. I just, Ted, Ted uh, eats a lot of food, uh, <laughs> and he can put down food. And he's always had a history of taking humongous dumps after. Nice. It's been much less. But like I remember, it was a thing with like Ted. Yeah. Like yeah. I've since learned yeah. that. Oh, that means I can actually change my diet and blah 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 but back then i was like why is this happening to me why do i always have to poop so much you know but uh anyways we've come along so you're saying like a a football size shit floated by you guys (laughs) after it it, it, wait wait it was dark it was like two o'clock in the morning yeah you could see anything right you were safe Right. Nobody just thought a duck was floating on the water over there. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh my god, they have ducks here. I was I was kind of leading this drunk. They're Mexican ducks. They're beautiful. I I swear this drunk grenade girl was kind of like chasing me like a cartoon. It was kind (laughs) of like and I so I was like, oh no, you don't. I'm gonna go (laughs) here now. So I so I was moving her away from those areas (laughs) just by Literally me walking somewhere. She was following. She wanted me so bad. And it was just like such a funny fucking night. Anyways, you asked for something crazy. Like I said, you asked for something stupid. So there, there it was. That's that was a horrible job for him to ask you to do, though. Like, especially if you have to keep dodging it the whole night. Oh, You're yeah. just going to be right. running the whole night. That's yeah. work. We're fraternity brothers, man. That's what we had. To do. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what to, you know, we went to Cancun. Yeah. I wasn't going to be like, nah, man, my you know what i mean we're gonna do it we're gonna do whatever is asked for uh from us and now is it was it you couldn't get with the really hot girl because like your girlfriend there was no competition between you and your friend for the hot girl you you had already opted out of the competition it was all good i'm here for you you know yeah now cg 
I think you should share the story of when you were in Mexico and what happened with the police and stuff. Oh, um, man. Well, hold on. I want to start with the with the story about when me and my friend came out. We were just going out on the town or whatever. I think he wanted to pick up some sunglasses. And I think we were in Playa del Carmen, though. It's like an hour from Mexico. And oh. the sorority that we went with, they wanted to go there because it was cleaner or something. Or I, I don't know exactly. But that's where we went. So we went out to, like, buy, like, go sunglass shopping on the main strip or something. Because they had all the fake Oakleys and all the, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> the Mexican ones. Those are the, those are the cheapest ones you can get. So we were out there. And they sold, like, everybody. Yeah, hey, weed. Weed over here. You know, and so, like, <laughs> we wanted to see what the weed was about, too. And it was brown. But anyway, <laughs> the one vendor, the, the hot dog vendor was like, hey, my man. And I'm like, I, I like look over. I'm like, is, he is they talking to me? Like, I'm the only dude standing there. It's like, hey, my man, how you doing? Like, we knew each other pretty well. And uh, he, he says to my friend, he say, hey, your buddy right here. He sit right there on that curb. He eats six of my hot dogs. And um, I'll, <laughs> there in the middle of my, and the hot dogs there, they're wrapped in ham and bacon. Each one is wrapped in Ooh. ham and bacon. He was like, hey, see you tonight, my friend. Like, apparently, a few nights I had sat with this guy and ate his hot dogs on the curb by my damn self. And so he was telling my friend, I didn't remember shit. Anyway, that guy's my boy. Shout out to you if you're listening, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> And then dude, you're a the hot dog thing. fucking fiend, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was serious, dude. Not just regular hot. I think it was they were wrapped in ham, bacon, and barbecue sauce. And then there were only like five pesos a pop. So I was like, five pesos? That's I think that's 50 cents. Or it was 50 cents back then. Yeah. But dude. then the other thing that happened when we went to Mexico. I went straight to the pharmacy because somebody had told me you can buy anything you want at the pharmacy. You don't need a prescription. You just go in and you say, like, I want Valium. I want Percocets. You know, and they just, like, give it to you because you just exchange money. And, like, that's real because I did go. And then I was trying to get an upper, so I asked for Adderall. They didn't have that. They had Ritalin. I bought that. And then – what what else was it? I, I asked for quaaludes. They didn't have that. Got I any that dudes? Only... <laughs> uh, was like, you got any ludes in here? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, they didn't have those. And then I ended up getting like Valium or something. They had they had that. So we're at a bar and I'm showing my friends like I'm showing my friends. They're like, no, they have it there. And we're like the only people at this bar. Just a few dudes from my fraternity, a few dudes from the a few chicks from the sorority. And then suddenly, like, the place gets locked down. Like, all the doors close, and there's, like, federales in there. And I'm like, yo, I was talking to the bartender. I was like, yo, dude, is there any way to get me out of this? But it was the shadiest thing I ever saw because it was just, like, they closed up the doors and, like, stood there. And we were literally the only people in this bar. Uh, and so I got the bartender – I said, like, how can I get out of this? He was like, come, come with me to the ATM right now. Let's get $300. And I was like, cool. I had spring break money. We went to the ATM. Just me and him, though. My friends weren't cool with the bartender. Anyway, so I do that. I go back and nobody's there anymore. My friends got taken by the federales to the, to the jail. And then the girls got let go. But apparently, like, and then... Yeah, so I had to, like, pay off this dude not to go to Mexican prison. But it was really weird because they said the reason they went is because the guy spotted me with, like, the pills. 
but you can buy the pills at the pharmacy. So Whoa. it's like, it's just the shadiest place ever. I didn't know, like, you know, there's a place where the cops are just as, like, maybe poor and crooked as the other people there trying to get over. So, uh, yeah, that's what happened to me there. It's not a, it's not a <laughs> funny story. It's sad. Sad story. Because yeah. I won't go back there. Well, yeah, it's crazy, crazy is what it is. That is crazy, dude. You escaped Mexican prison with $300. Like, oh, <laughs> damn. Like, yeah. they, they, didn't, they didn't keep my friends. Like, my friends got out that same night. But they yes. were sitting there like, what the fuck is going on for a while? My one friend got belligerent, was yelling that he was an American and his dad's a senator and stuff like that. He was belligerent. I don't think that helped. I think they probably <laughs> stayed there longer because of that shit. But, uh, yeah, that's what happened to me. I don't I think want- it's a friendly place. I want to also segue this too, and then we will wrap it up because CG's not very political, which I actually very much love about Siege. Um, because I, I think I'm pretty political, but whatever. I always tell him that most Democrats don't want to defund the police. And I just, real quick, uh, I can get anyone's thoughts i don't even know ted how you identify politically you don't need to share but i want to defund the federalities (laughs) defund defund the federalities but i just want to say they don't have much funding in the first place sorry hold on i just want to say that most democrats that i've interacted with don't actually want to defund the police um they a lot of them want to change behavior you know that happens but Defund the police um, is not what everyone feels. And I just want to say that. Zach, if you'd like to add something, you can. Um, or yeah, whoever. Uh, this is my, this is my uh, area of expertise. So You get very um, political. Well, I don't even consider political. Like, I think we talk, we're talking about systems that work and systems that don't work. And... And if your goal is to create a society, a sustainable society with uh, high public health and high pro-social behavior, there's certain things that work and there's certain things that don't work. And the concept behind people think like defund the police is just like take money from the police and say, fuck you, cops. And then like do it. It's the, it's the process of beginning to shift massive amounts of funding into only the way of, of preventing crime is through policing. When what happens is the reason why crime happens is because high levels of socioeconomic inequality. Um, and when there's high levels of socioeconomic inequality, more violent behavior happens just because people are don't have access to resources. And so uh, say things like if you're traumatized at a young age, you're more likely to grow up to be a violent criminal. Um, when there's less economic opportunities, you have to do what you have to do to survive. So, uh, things like when there's no above ground economic opportunities, underground economic opportunities come in, which is selling drugs, gang, sex trafficking, those types of things. And the concept of taking massive amounts of funding from just policing people, which ends up with, you know, a lot of fatherless homes because males are much more likely to commit violent crimes. So the males go to prison. And so now you have fatherless families and the cycle just continues upon and upon and upon. And then you give more money to the police because there's more crime. And you think by just you're feeding the same thing that's creating the thing in the first place. 
And so this concept is actually to take resources from just policing and slowly integrating it into communities. So get people out of prison, uh, more above ground economic opportunities, better education, healthier communities. It's like when you drive through, is there people driving through Upper Dublin robbing each other and killing each other and, you know, selling heroin in gangs in a, a place like Upper Dublin? Is that happening rampantly? Yeah. Like, exactly. And why is that? It's because there's affluent economic opportunity. Like, I'm in Phoenix. It's not happening around here because there's economic opportunity. Like, people think these, these problems just, like, it's not like North Philly is just this way because that's just the way it is, or West Philly is the way it is. If there's circumstances, there's environmental inputs that are creating a certain output in these negative externalities. And so the concept is to defund the police. It's taking money away from just policing and putting it into communities to create a healthy community. And when you have a healthy community with economic opportunities, high public health, education, crime drastically plummets. And that's now, see, I think Zach just basically changed my mind because that was a really good explanation. The, the reason what I got my information was from was a Donald Trump commercial <laughs> in Joe Biden's America. And there was this old lady sitting in a rocking chair and she hears a bang on the glass and she calls, calls the police and it's like, please leave a message for the police. And then the guy breaks in and she's like, ah, like that's the end of the episode. And I just, I just shook after I saw that episode. And so I was like, I was like Trump all wet. So I'm just a sheep. So I basically do. I'm just a sheep. <laughs> I just basically listen to what people tell me. And that commercial was so jarring. That poor old lady, she got basically massacred by whoever that was at the door because there were no police anymore. CD's so, um, gonna get a life alert at age fucking forty or something because he's giving. It could happen to me. I'm gonna be in the bathtub. I'm gonna uh, help. I just want to say it could. I'm getting on the phone soon to get one. <laughs> yeah. I just want to say though, because I agree with what Zach's saying in the sense of, you know, putting funds into communities and and growing them differently. So you know, there's less crime in general, but I don't think, I think the phrase defund the police is polarizing and I, I think it's agree. not getting to the root because I'm not about defunding the police. I'm about refunding the important things in society. Do you know what I mean? Like there are many places that we can redistribute funds from and to. So when there's this phrase defund the police, I think it creates fear in a lot of people when there could be another phrase of like reestablish healthy, thriving communities. That could be the phrase. You know, yes, there has to be a redistribution of funds in general. But when you say defund the police, it does make people's brains go to um, a society where there isn't help if someone needs it. And I feel like that's not the root of it. It's it's funding communities that need it. Um, and allowing a society and a world to thrive. And if we could get a statement that's more about that, instead yeah. of defunding um, something that makes pe that triggers people's fear, I, I think uh, it would be really helpful. Because right now it's just a polarizing thing. And I don't even think Biden feels that way. So- Oh, um, he does. He's going to give more money to the police. Yeah, I, I'm more about, 
yeah, I, I'm not a defund the police person. I am a let's redistribute funding in general so people and communities can thrive. And there isn't, you know, that small percentage at the top, you know, really doing well, well. Um, and then, you know, massive amount of people who are falling through the cracks. Uh, I, I really appreciate what both of you have said. Um... I think we're in a terrible paradigm because we're stuck on such, I think it's like this. We're talking about allocations of funds here or there at just this small level, when in reality, the jet plane that flies just for practice around over my house every day, how much money it takes to fly a jet plane, by the way. Anyways, the military is like this whole fucking steam engine of money taking from everybody on in our, like, we're talking about, hey, first off, the money's made up. Just give more. Just fucking give more to the, everything you said, Zach. Just do that. And let's <laughs> better train our police. Just give, a, just give us resources. You know, the, everything's made up. The, ta the system's kind of bullshit at this point. The economy is made up. We don't have to pretend we're living out of scarce models here. Pay the police. Pay them to do their job. Make community resources. But also, let's not blame this on the citizens when, again, it's structured in a way that it's like we're talking as if we have no control because we largely don't. Like the military is just going to be the military. We, keep, uh, we spend 15 times more on Social Security than we do on education. So we spend more for dying people than for people who are being brought up and alive today. Like it's all messed up. So I, you heard it here first, everyone. Ted wants all the old people dead. Like, yeah, <laughs> <Good message. laughs> my point is like we we just everything is messed up about our where our budget is our so our budget I agree with you Kate it, yeah. it's based on fear and it's like that's no way to be it's a terrible way to be as a mass society it's like but um, you know we don't have a lot of choice in the matter actually I heard this but recently like I think uh, Dan Carlin said this he said because he's kind of he said he's like a we the people person like if you put the a lot of people say the military, you know, a lot of people don't want to be in the wars anyway. What if we put that to the vote? But it's not to a vote. It's left to the elites. The military is the military. No one has a say in it. We don't have a say in the billions of dollars that get put into bullets. No one has a fucking say in that. So it's a lot of a, it's a lot of charade um, and uh, whatever they want us to be fighting over. They meaning everyone knows this is not the topic that's going to solve uh the suffering, the the defund the police. It, it's really not. There's so many more things. Education probably would be where I would stake my first claim into arguing over, and not the police. Um, yeah, but there are. Uh, but Zach, well made points. Like for sure, the the focus that gets put into the policing. Um, why you know why can't we just shift our mindset a little bit and also go more to the root of the problem, as you said, Kate. So yeah. You know. I'll defund yeah. the SPCA and just have like more animals running around. <laughs> like I feel like people, it would be like the Lion King. Like I want more animals just running around, and people aren't like, "Hey, that that's an animal out there. You have to get him." You know what I'm saying? If we want some funding, that's just where some I would free roaming. Free Vote roaming. for me. <laughs> Thanks, I will. <laughs> okay, man. So. Yeah, and then hunting seasons all all year long. No, <laughs> no, no. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I think we could all agree. Maybe a far. restructuring, a restructuring of the restructuring. System.
restructuring. Thanks, Kate. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're going to wrap this up. Uh, Zach, where can people find you? Um, on Instagram, my ZW Campo. Same on Twitter. Um, yeah, that's it. Or okay. you can email, email oh. me at zwcampo at gmail.com if you have any nice. questions. Nice. I don't know why the fuck you'd want to find me, people, but if you do, <laughs> um, Teddy, Teddy J. Costa Instagram, probably the easiest thing. But I encourage you to check out Good Times Coffee Company on Instagram because, honestly, that's my control in all this bullshit of the world that goes on is at least I can put out, you know, a good uh, – a good vibe into the world to make connections with people about. So that's kind of where, that's where I'm tuning in a lot of my uh, power and focus these days is just into the coffee company. Yep. Awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mine is good times weed company. So if you guys want to, <laughs> there's no website, but just, uh, just not <laughs> my, my group home. Okay. Find thanks me. folks. Find me on the streets. That's how you find me. <laughs> Um, let's see. I, uh, by the way, and then we will wrap it up. I just have to say CG started drinking coffee at the place he's at, but then mm. he, and he was like, Oh, it's giving me like an extra buzz. And then he found out it was decaf. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> it still gets me amped up. Cause I haven't drank coffee in like seven years, dude. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to get you. Dude. We're gonna have to get you some good times coffee. Yeah, soon. yeah we got no, you give me real coffee, I'll freak the fuck out. I won't be able to be around people. I'll run into the street. I don't know what'll happen. All right, so it's I'm gonna stick shit. with the decaf for now. <laughs> okay, brother. Respect. Um, Respect for knowing thyself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh to find me uh at the Kate Wolf if you want a tarot card healing. I call them tarot healings, uh, because I also, you know. Combine the tree of life in there. It's kwolf27 at gmail.com. And thank you all so much for listening. And thank you guys all for joining. Thank you. Today. Mutual thanks. <laughs> thank you all. Y all. Okay, Not people. Me,